Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ plus author. I'm Anita Kelly and my guest today is Susie Clark. Well, hello again, Susie. Hi, Anita. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Really good. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, life is beautiful in your neck of the woods right now. It is. It's really pretty. It, it was beautiful, warm, and now all of a sudden it, now it's cold. So yeah. we're definitely fall now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. But I refuse to turn the heat on yet. <laughs> we had to turn ours on a couple of days ago. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bummer, bummer. So... <laughs> Well, well, listen, Susie, um, first off, congratulations on your Goldie win for Enigma. Thank oh, thank you. That is awesome. And, uh, you know, especially you got into the top, you got the top prize in the romantic blend category. Yes. Were, yes. You, were you surprised by that? Oh, my gosh. I was so surprised. You know, when they read, you know, there's, there was three awards given in that category because it was so large. And mine was the last name red. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I just barely, <laughs> barely made it by the skin of my teeth. But then when they, you know, they were calling the highest for highest points, they awarded the th that thousand dollar prize. And they called, they, they said Enigma. I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I just could not believe it. It was so great. Oh, that is so awesome. That's a, that's a new, that was a new thing. Total new thing. Yeah, it too. was. This, was, is, this um, was last, this year was the first year for it. Yeah. Yeah. First year for a monetary prize. And for you listeners, uh, we're we're talking about the Golden Crown Literary um, Society Awards, which are held annually, um, and each year they it's it's a traveling uh, award show. Each year the conference is in a different city, um, and um, this year um, Susie's book Enigma uh, won in the romantic blend category. Um, and this year was the first year they gave out a monetary prize, uh, for the book who received the most points and Susie won that as well. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, quite a surprise. It was a great, great honor. It really was. I was just so thrilled to get it. That is awesome. That's really awesome. So I know, um, that you couldn't be at the the conference because of your injury um so what do you think are you going to go next year i absolutely am planning to go next year i've just because i wanted it so bad to go this year and i just couldn't do it not walking on a cane and everything i was going through the, the pain and everything so i was so disappointed but i did get to see it um when they broadcast it they they broadcast it live yeah. during the live events and my friend and i got online and we were able to, to do the live broadcast. So that was, at least I got to see it and see everything. So. Oh, that's so awesome. That's great. Yeah, It was great. Yeah. I was gripping, I was gripping my <laughs> armchair and, and trying not to strain my knee when they were when they came to the categories. So. <laughs> I hope you didn't get up and, and hoop and holler. <laughs> I, I wanted to, I really did. I raised, I raised my hands in triumph, but that's about the only thing I put my cane down, raised my hands in triumph, but that was about the only thing I was able to do. <laughs> well, hopefully next year you will be all healed up and yes. you'll be running through the halls. Well, I know about running, but I'll go at a good pace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and where is the conference next year? Um, I, in Minneapolis, I believe it is. Oh, Minnesota. yeah. 
That's so right. yeah, I'm definitely going to be there this next, this year, this coming year. Oh, awesome. Good, good. Well, um, hope you, hope you do as well as you did this year. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. I'm very excited about Western Blue. Yeah. So um, that is your newest book. Let's let's talk mm-hmm. about that. That was just released, right? Right. Just came out this month. This month. Okay. So it was. Yeah. Uh, it's another romantic blend, mm-hmm. um, but um, it's set like way back in the old west days, right? Yes. Yes. Um, 1868 okay and it's uh it's set in nevada is that correct near carson city nevada yep okay um and whereas enigma was that was back in 1941 right yes yes that was set. that was set here in the united states 1941 right like you know days before pearl harbor okay all right and um so so tell us tell us about western blue First of all, okay. Um, well, Western Blue is a Western set, in, like we said, 18, 1868 in Carson City, right outside of Carson City, Nevada. Um, it's a story of uh, Blue Caroline Blue Bonnet Hutchings. We call her Blue. Her dad called her Blue, and the name stuck, and that's why she goes by Blue. She doesn't like to be called Caroline. Um, so they call her blue. And so it's her struggle. They, her and her friend travel from Texas to Nevada and settle in a, in a ranch that she has been able to get from her father. Her stepbrother has cheated her out of her dad's ranch, which was very expensive, lots of acreage, lots of cattle. She got cheated out of it and got nothing but this rundown rundown ranch that she's never seen but she has it so that's where she goes because she has absolutely nowhere else to go and it's a story of her and her struggle to make the go of this ranch and fighting everything else that she has to do to survive and she um uh uh, one of the main characters the male characters um does not want he's Actually, I can't give away too much, but he doesn't want her there. Let's just put it that way. And so he makes sure that none of the the area ranchers or cowboys work for her when she needs help. So in desperation, Mm -hmm. she turns to women and she hires women to come as as ranch hands. And it's a story of her (laughs) and these women and what happened to them. Wow, what a great story. It it kind of reminds I, me of Rosie the Riveter, right? <laughs> yeah. I had such fun writing these this book. I I just love writing it. It's wow. so fun. And the characters and, started to come to life. It was just so fun to write them. So, did you have to do a lot of research for this story? Uh, you know, I did. You know, I wasn't going to, I, you know, my husband is from the West. Actually, he's from Nevada. Okay. And I've been there many, many times in the area. I know the area well. Uh-huh. But yes, it seemed like every time I was, I turned around, I had to look something up. For example, um, what a, a wagon looked like. How was it put together? And if it was going to break down, where it was most likely would it break down? Because their wagon did break down. Okay. And, you know, just little, just everyday things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, canning jars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Her friend Martha, who who rode with her, who ended up going with her because her husband um, was killed mm-hmm. in a in a poker game. He was cheating, and he had gambled all their store away. He had a dry goods store, 
and he had gambled it away. And so she was left with nothing also. And that's why she went with blue. But, um, you know, just what, what canning, canning jars, what kind of canning jars? How did they can back then? Did they can back then? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so just little things. And uh, oh. I can't, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it just seemed like every time I turned, you know, horses and horse rigging and, you know, everything that's connected with a ranch that you have to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a... Uh... That's a lot of research. Um, like if you don't, if you didn't grow up on a ranch and don't know about all those things, then yeah, you, you know, yeah. I can and, imagine. And I, you know, I, I had a horse when I was younger and rode mm-hmm. uh, my uh, action and my, my husband's cousin mm-hmm. is a grand champion, national grand champion for cutting horses. Oh, wow. So she, she, you know, I haven't got to talk with her yet about the next story, but she's, she's a great, her, my, John's whole family was great resources for me because they were, you know, they, they came West generations ago. And so they were a great resource for me, but it just was amazing how much research, research, research you have to do uh-huh. to make sure you get it right. I know you and I have, have talked before about making sure that I like, I want my stories to be authentic and genuine Yeah, and research is absolutely a critical part of that. Yeah. Because if you, um, you know, say the wagon broke down and, and talked about how, uh, blue was going to repair it and you know you say misspoke about something someone will call you out on that and and oh, then yeah. and yeah. you know and then really um you know it might it might taint them right um mm-hmm. and so you do want to be authentic and and do your best to tell an authentic and true story you know um true to the era i should say well i'm right true to the actually true to the era and this the um, you know they evidently when I picked the time I had a little trouble picking the time that I wanted to go back to because I didn't I didn't want to be involved a lot with settling the territory as far as wilderness and Indi- Indians and I just didn't want to deal with that because I, I I wanted to be sensitive to them and I didn't want to write a story that maybe would be, offend the American Indians or anything like that, you know, our Native Americans. Mm-hmm. So I want to be real careful with that. And of course, um, is Isabel is Hispanic or Mexican. So I wanted, I had to be careful with that and do a lot of research with that. Yeah. So I, it just, um, it was a lot of sensitive things that I had to be careful with, but I'm just so pleased with the way it turned out and, and everything that happened to them. And, and the way that the story um, unfolded, really, when I started writing it. Oh, that's great! Yeah, and the time frame, um, eighteen sixty-eight, is right right after the Civil War ended. Yes, yes, and one of the reasons why I chose that time period was I didn't want to deal with the Civil War. Yeah, um, it, because there's just so much pre-Civil War, and there was a lot, of course, after. Where there was a lot of settlement and a lot of things going on after, but it was it was better to d- to deal with after the Civil War. Yeah, and yeah. You, you know, in the book, there's some things that happen that uh, the generation that's coming next is affected by the Civil War, but not in the sense that those who actually fought it. But a lot of them have lost their parents, their fathers, you know, their aunt, their uncles, their brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that would add a whole new dimension to it if you um, included that wartime. Yeah. So it's after the Civil War, uh, slightly after that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Blue and Isabel, 
and her mm-hmm. friend Martha, they move. Where do they move from? They moved from Texas. Okay. Her family, she was raised in Texas. Her dad had the ranch in Texas. And then when her stepbrother, when her father died and her stepbrother came in and just took over everything, she was essentially kicked out. Okay. And uh, it, she discovered through a, her dad's friend was worked at the bank and he had a deed that her father had given him for her. And uh, that's how she ended up going to Nevada and why she ended up there. Okay. And, and um, you said that Isabel uh, is Mexican. So is um, she's yeah. from Texas. And is that uh B- blues lover or paramour? Yes. Or? Okay. That, that, in, that ends up being her love interest. Yep. Okay. And then Martha is her, her, just her, her bud, her best friend. Yeah. Martha is, is about 10 years older than blue. And she watched, she was friends with her as she grew up. She owned the dry goods store there in Texas where they're from. And uh, she, because Martha ended up her, you know, she lost everything because of her husband. She decided to go West with, she decided to blue invited her to go and she decided, yes, she'd go. So they, she packed up everything and went with her too. Nice. Awesome. So there are quite a few female characters in this book then if you there have are. ranch hands, right? So who are, who are the ranch hands we encounter? All right. So I'm, I'm going to try to do it in order. I'll just give you the order if I can. Uh, okay. All right. So the first one to encounter is Etta. Her name is Henrietta, but she likes to be called Etta. Okay. And, you know, after, after Blue finds out that this Frank Anderson has absolutely adamant that no one will work for her, she can't get anybody. So in desperation, she advertises for women. And the first one to show up, uh, well, she, Is is there with her and Martha, but the first actual hand mm-hmm. to show up is a woman named Etta. And she <laughs> she is a prostitute at the local whorehouse. Mm-hmm. And she wants to get out. And she, she doesn't know what to do. So she shows up at Blue's Ranch cool. and asks for a job. Awesome. So, so she's the first one. Okay. Yep. And then the next one to come is a young woman named, you know, and the next one to come is a young woman named Gertie. Okay. Um, and she is from over near Lake Tahoe. Okay. And she's been on her own and she shows up. Okay. She's only 11 years old. Oh my. <laughs> and I think of all the characters, the ranch hands, I think Gertie is my favorite. Oh, she's just quite the character. She's just all spit and polish. She, she's something. All right. And, uh, then we have, then we have uh, three other women that come. I, I won't give you a lot of detail. Like I said, I don't want to spoil it for everybody because it's fun just to read and get to meet these women and where they're from and what they do and mm-hmm. how they got there and why they came to work for blue, why they came for a job. So, um, but there's three other ones and they're, you know, they're just women. They're women who are in a desperate situation. They're all de- just as desperate as blue is mm-hmm. and they all kind of end up together and uh, try to make a life together. So. Great. Wow. So with, with all of these female characters, like it sounds like, like they all have some significant parts. Um, mm-hmm. Was yeah. it, was it hard to, to write so many female, female characters and, and kind of keep them, you know, keep their stories, uh, you know, with the character and um, how was that? Well, actually, um, you know, 
I'm the type of writer who wants to have an outline before I start. And, and I only do that because I, I want to know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a loose outline and it's very broad, but at least it gives me the direction that I need. And of course, if my story goes in a different direction, then I'm open to that okay. as long as it's, you know, taking it where I feel it needs to go. But um, as the I had originally thought there would be ran, I mean, I originally said in my story, in the outline of the story, that there would be women come to work for her because no men will work for her. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, I didn't know all the characters yet. You know, I just knew that there'd be some, okay. I knew a couple, I knew that there was going to be the prostitute and one is a school teacher and the other ones, I didn't really know how they were going to come about. So when they started to develop, it became real clear what their weaknesses and their strengths were, what their attributes were going to be. And uh, one of the things that writers need to do, we all need to do it. And that is to, if you're going to have a character, character, make them memorable. Mm -hmm. I'll just throw somebody in there as a filler because it's just wasting the readers. It's wasting the reader's time, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do that. I wanted each one of them to be absolutely essential to the story. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I give them flaws it would just, I didn't know what flaw this, for example, Abigail, when she comes to the ranch to apply, um, she wasn't, when I had originally wrote her in, she, she she wasn't, you know, through the story, she wasn't really, she doesn't have a lot of action. She doesn't have a lot of interaction. Mm-hmm. And I thought, How can I, she wasn't memorable. I mean, she, yeah, you know, yeah, she was I just, thought, what can I do? So, backdrop. So she, yeah, yeah. So I kept thinking about it all through as I was writing. I kept thinking, she's got to have something. She's got to have something more. And we ended up uh, with her having, I ended up with her having a burn. She's horribly scarred from a fire. Okay. And you, you know it. You remember that. I mean, yeah. you, she's now she becomes this courageous woman who's horribly scarred and disfigured, who, you know, just has to go on with her life like that. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, yeah, so that, that's just one example of So you originally like wrote Abigail into the story and then decided that she wasn't colorful enough. So then you went back and Mm kind of rewrote. Yeah. Yeah. I rewrote some of her scenes so that she so she'd have these physical attributes, these physical descriptions so that she would be more memorable to the reader. So she'd be more interesting. She'd have more depth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that took a lot of time, I'll bet just to <laughs> well you know that that's just part of developing you know to part part of developing your story and making sure as a writer that you've got a story that they're you know a reader when they pick it up they pick the story they can't put it down yeah. that's always been my goal to just take them on that ride where they cannot stop yeah yeah so. that's awesome that really is so so how did you decide like overall for all of your characters then um like what were their weaknesses and flaws? Like how'd that come about for the rest well, of them? Oh, that's a great question. You know, you have in your mind when you start a story, you have in your mind, your characters, most of them, mm-hmm. or at least a good part of them. Mm-hmm. And you have some, something in mind of what you want with them. But as you, I find, I have found over the years that as you write your stories, those characters take on a persona all themselves once you get that character, you start developing that character. Like with Abigail, I'll use Abigail as another, again, as an example. I didn't know what to do, but the way that she appeared on the ranch 
and the way that the way that she was interacting with blue mm-hmm. it was obvious that she was um someone that cared very deeply about people i thought now how can i build on that and obviously um i won't tell you how she got burnt because that's part of the story mm-hmm. but it, it comes through in her personality that's it makes sense that that's what happened to her oh cool because of the incident that she was in yeah Oh, wow. And so, you know, when you, you try to develop your characters, you just kind of, for me, I just kind of open my mind and try to picture them as a real person and look at them and say, okay, what, you know, what do you see in that character? What, what's their weaknesses? What's their strengths? Mm-hmm. And of course it relates also to what is their function in the storyline? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what, what's their What's her development in the story? You know, how much interaction do they have with the main characters? Mm-hmm. Secondary, it's really interesting about secondary characters because you have, they have to be memorable mm-hmm. or there's no point in putting them in there, mm-hmm. but yet you can't overtake the main, they can't overtake the main characters. You know, they're there for a purpose yeah. and that is to move the main characters forward and enhance the story. So you have to be really careful to not let them overpower the storyline or the main characters. Yeah, that's a delicate balance, I'll bet. Yeah, it really is. And it, and I found I it was a pretty big challenge this time because I have so many char- so many female characters in the story. Yeah. But yet we have two main characters which which was is Blue and Isa. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want any even Martha. I had to be careful not to let Martha overtake the story. Yeah, she could be a main character also. Yeah, she plays a big role. She's like the mother of all the ranch hands, you know, she, Aww. she's there and, and mothers them and, you know, they all want to be mothered. And mm-hmm. so she's there to kind of help them. Oh, that's great. Boy, this, this sounds like an awesome story. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. I really am. I feel like it's my best work. Really? I do. Even, I really do. even after Enigma. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Enigma. It, well, and you know, Enigma, it was special in its own way. You know, I loved, I loved, uh, you know, I grew up in the period after world war II, mm-hmm. and I loved looking back, you know, you glamorize it and everything. Yeah. And I, I loved the characters. I loved one of my favorite parts of Enigma was when they went to the Glenn Miller uh, concert. Oh, you know, met at the Glenn, you know, yeah. Glenn Miller and dance to the Glenn Miller music. And then of course um, the Andrew sisters came Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite parts. And it, it, Enigma has its own, its own nuance, I guess. But Western Blue, I I love westerns, and I know you and I both have talked before that you love westerns too. And mm-hmm. I know I've said before that Larry McMurtry mm-hmm. from, uh, was the uh, author of Lonesome Dove. It was my favorite western, and I always said I wanted to write a western, and I finally. I, I think it took all that experience of those first four books until I was ready to write Western Blue. Cool. Uh, it's just, um, it's so it's different than Enigma. It really is. It's, it's just a different story. And, but it, it's such a, for me, it's such a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it sounds like I can tell in your voice, you're like super, super excited about it. I am. I really am. This, I'm very excited about this book. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm just, uh, I'm just looking at, uh, at my, uh, Kindle to see, I, I'm pretty sure I have it. Uh, just checking. What I, while you're looking at, what I'm most excited about is for the readers to read this story. Mm-hmm. 
I think that they, I'm hoping and hoping, really hoping that they will really, really enjoy this story. It, I know my editor um, made a comment to me after she was done editing, and I thought it was so kind of her to say it. She says, I'll have to cry to cuss. You can't ask for more than that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, that's true. You cannot. That's perfect. That is yeah, perfect. She made me feel real. Yeah, she made me feel really good that uh, that she had made those comments about it. So yeah. So like, was it different to switch from like a you know a, a post World War uh, you know setting to a Western setting? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was really different. But um, you know, you take away all all modern things and you step back in time and i have gained such an appreciation for the women that were settling the west and the things that they had to go through there's a comment in this storyline um blue and is are together and they're they're talking of course they're on horseback and they're talking Mm -hmm. and and blue's blue's showing her her ranch and and she's having some concerns she said this land, I, I forget exactly what she says, but she says this essentially, this land will make you old. And she says, I'll be lucky if I live to be 40. Oh. And it was true. I mean, yeah. they had a hard, hard life and it weathered them quickly. Oh, sure. And, you know, they weren't young for very long. No, not at all. No, you are so right about that. Um, it, 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 it took the life right out of them. You know. It did. It, it literally sucked the life out of them because they worked up. You know, Blue says to says to Isa, she invites her to stay with them. And she says, we'll work from sun up to sundown, but you'll have a place to stay, food to eat and friends. Yeah. And um, she wasn't kidding. Yeah. <laughs> they worked up from sun up to sundown and they were absolutely exhausted on every day. Yeah. Hey, you know, you had to be exhausted to sleep on, you know, the kind of beds they slept on. <laughs> That's to even sleep, right? Yeah, right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't care if it's in stone. I'm laying my head on. Just let me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, I just have such great. Re- you know, I, the same thing happened with Enigma when I got done researching Enigma and the things that the women went through in that time period. But boy, I I really have come to really, truly respect the women of the West because they, yeah. the, even, even back here, I'm not, I don't just mean the West, but women in that time, then yeah. that era, in that time period, they, they went through so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we were just talking about that, my wife and I, and, and how we, we feel so blessed to be living now <laughs> um, yeah. versus back then, but who knows, maybe we lived back then. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, like, it, it's, we have it so easy. We just have it so easy. We um, have it. We do. We we have so much convenience that they never even, well, just a bed. Yeah. I know, just a bed. Yes. A comfortable <laughs> bed. I mean, look at the types of beds that we have now. Yeah. And they, you know, you're lucky to get straw with slats or something. I know. And we have sleep by number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I I think about like, um, I don't know, I've probably said this on this podcast before, but I think about like the, my mom and the things that she went through in her lifetime, all the changes she saw, like when she grew up, she would tell me, you know, oh, this guy who worked for her dad will come and 
he'd hitch the horses up to the sleigh and come and take all the kids for a sleigh ride, you know, in the snow. And, you know, like um, she saw cars and microwaves and, you know, uh, digital cameras and just like unbelievable things like uh, over, you know, her during her lifetime. You know, I think about my lifetime and what I've seen in my lifetime and it's just amazing. Yeah, it is. Really? You know, like we think about like we have like TV dinners. Do you remember like when TV dinners came into being? Um, they were horrible. Yeah, they were like. They were horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, they were awful. But, you know, they give, I mean, look at them now. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, so different. So different. It's wild. It's just really wild. So it was just such a, it was just a true joy to write this book. And cool. I'm so hopeful that that those who read it will enjoy it and just really like it and hopefully read it over and over because I, I, I think it's a great story. Well, what were your goals for the story? Um, to make sure that first of all, that it was authentic mm-hmm. and that when I developed the characters that they were, they became real that, you know, um, that the reader wouldn't read about a character doing something or saying something, ah, she wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, she wouldn't do that. That's not that's not a character for her, even though it's a fictional character. You know, they have they have attributes and they have certain things that you'd expect them to do. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that they were true to their character attribute act, attributes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's mm-hmm. see what else. Just that uh, that it was a great story, Anita. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. I wasn't going to write that Western just to get through it? Just okay, throw some horses in here, and you've got a wagon. I wanted to make it a great story. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure yeah. you did. And Thanks. and how long did it take you to write this? Um, I usually it usually takes me about six to eight months. Um, what happened was I started it and I turned it in and. I, I started it in, uh, I believe it was November of last year, and turned it in in May because I had planned to go for three and a half months on the Appalachian Trail. Oh, so yes. I was going to be gone. Yes. And so I turned it in, and I said, you know, I'll work back on it when I get back in, in uh, uh, you know, late uh, September. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was going to come back, and that's when I was going to start working on it again. They were going to have it done by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, when when I got hurt and couldn't finish the trip and had to come back, I called uh, Bold Strokes and uh, I, you know emailed him. I said, "Look, I'm back. Can we get this done? And can we get this started and and move it forward?" And I got. She said, "Yeah, six weeks." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I. I contacted my editor of course they'd already talked to her and the senior editor had already talked and i said are we going to be okay she goes yeah i'm just glad you got it all ready because we're moving i mean so we moved really fast on it and got it done so wow that's great that really is that's amazing too yeah yeah Yeah. it was everything kind of clicked together to get it done so it came out in october so i i love the cover too Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Um, the the silhouettes are are just perfect. They did, yeah, they did a great great job on the cover. Yeah, absolutely. We we had you know you have several ideas and you work with the with the com- with the publisher on it, but uh, yeah, they came up with that one and I thought it was great. Yeah, and the I, font is perfect. I thought, and I you know I love the color of it. Yeah. It's not just um, 
a blue or something is like a, a light greenish kind of color faded into kind of an orangey. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's it is. Like, yeah. yeah, it really is. And and the font, I love the font too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does look old west, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was so pleased with it when they came. I said, oh, wow, that really looks like, oh, you can tell by looking at it, it looks like a western. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like everything is quick together on this story to just everything come together from start to finish to just uh, take off. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I am so happy to have you back on the show and talking about Western Blue. This is like, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping our listeners will uh, go out and grab a copy Um and, and Please do, and I'll be at yeah. If you, and if you do that, I promise I'll be at gold or at uh, the Goldie Awards next year, and at the conference. And I'll, I promise I'll sign it if you bring it. Okay. So. All right. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Susie, what is next for you? Do you have something on the horizon? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking right now. Uh, I'm pondering. It's taken me a while. You know. Enigma was a great story to write. Western Blue, of course, was a great story to write. But I feel a little drained. And uh, it's just like I took everything. Everything was in me to write those two stories, one right after another. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, I'm thinking about what I want to write. Mm -hmm. uh, I like, I, I seem to like, uh, evidently, <laughs> Romantic Blend. Mm -hmm. um, that's some action adventure, of course. So I'm sure that that will be. I don't want to change, you know, change in that area. So that's probably, I know it'll probably be romantic blend with some action adventure, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm thinking about something, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it going to be another period piece? You know, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I think what's going to happen if it, I think it might be like we start off in this time period and go back in time as she thinks about what happened. Oh, okay. What happened. And then we catch up to her in a regular time. Back and to then, the future-ish. Well, yeah, kind of like that. It's like we start off in regular time right now, present, and she goes back to remember what's happening and read of what's happening. And then we catch up with her and then we take the story to the end. Okay. That sounds great. Wow. Yeah, so I, uh, I, uh, I'd love to talk about it, but I, I'm not sure if that's what's going to happen. So sure, um, I, I don't want to disappoint somebody if I say I'm going to write something and end up not writing it. So yep, I understand, and and you know you got to keep those things, keep your cards close to your chest, right? Right. Yeah. Except yes, for this particular time, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what what uh, you come out with next. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, Susie, that's about all the time we have for today. Um, but we're stoked to see Western Blue. And can you tell our listeners where they can find Western Blue? You can find it at Bold Strokes Books or you can find it anywhere. Um, so just wherever you want, your little heart wants to go to find it, it, it should be there. So Awesome. Anyway. Yep. Okay. All right. And it's Western Blue by Susie Clark. And it is a new release through Bold Strokes Books. So check it out, people. I think you're going to like it. Um, and Susie, do you have any parting words for our listeners today? 
just a happy holidays to everybody. I can't believe it's coming up already. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Holiday and uh, a great winter and uh, we'll see you in the spring. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, Susie. Um, it is always great to talk to you. Um, my Ohio comrade. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's all the time we have for today. And I'm Anita Kelly. And thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. But until next time, may your journey be lighthearted. Peace be plenty and be safe, folks.